Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, welcome to Recovery Sunday. I'm Kirby, and this is Keeley. Uh, We're your ministry leaders for your Celebrate Recovery ministry here at Springwell Church. Once a year, we dedicate a Sunday service to telling everyone about the amazing work that God is doing on Thursday nights here at Springwell through the Celebrate Recovery ministry. In past years, we've heard from folks giving their testimony, folks that were uh, participants in our Celebrate Recovery ministry, sharing their story with us on a Sunday morning. That's something that we do in our weekly services every other week. This morning, we wanted to give you all a glimpse into one of the other aspects of our weekly meetings, and that is Open Share Group. What is Open Share Group? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) They're issue-specific, gender-specific groups where we can share openly and honestly with others in recovery about our struggles and our victories in the experiences we're having in our daily life. We can share about our main recovery issue, whether that be drug and alcohol addiction, food issues, anger issues, divorce, depression, codependency, whatever it may be. But we are also free to share about any other issues that arise in our lives as we walk our recovery journeys. Open share groups are like every other aspect of Celebrate Recovery. They are completely anonymous and confidential. So what you're gonna see this morning are some folks who have volunteered to do a mock open share group, so to speak. Uh, They're gonna share some of the things that are going on in their lives and uh, do it in, in this format openly for you to be able to see a little bit of what we do in that process. Join us as we do that with some of these participants. All right, guys, welcome to the men's open share group. I'm a child of God in recovery for alcoholism and depression. My name is Kirby. Kirby. Welcome to the women's open share group. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ in recovery for alcoholism and anxiety. My name is Keely. Guys, this is our opportunity to share whatever is going on in our lives, the good, the bad, as long as it's related to our recovery. It doesn't have to be related specifically to our main recovery issue, the one that got us here, so to speak. Uh, It can be anything, because I believe I need a place where I can share whatever's going on in my life, because anything that draws me away from Christ draws me closer to another relapse into unhealthy cycles of behavior. So... um, that's what I need from this tonight. Right. Keep in mind the guidelines as you share. Keep your sharing focused on yourself. Don't cross talk. Support each other. Don't try to fix anyone. Anonymity and confidentiality are required. And please refrain from any graphic language or descriptions that could be triggering to other group members. So, who's got something they'd like to share tonight? Hey, I'm a child of God celebrating recovery from alcohol and chemical dependency. I struggle continuously with pride and depression and uh, acceptance of grace. My name is Travis. Hey, Travis. And this week, just life's been a struggle. Um, 
I just feel like I'm floundering around, like I can't catch my breath sometimes just with work and just I'm constantly running and the schedule's busy and I can't keep up with everything and I just feel like I'm so far behind. Um, but then I get to kind of step back and think about where I was when I got here. I mean, I've, I got like 18 months now without a drink or a drug to escape into. And um, I'm so thankful for that. But then I get this like overwhelming sense that I'm still so far behind. I gotta play catch up and I gotta get ahead. And I look at my peers and I see what people post on Facebook and vacations and all this kind of stuff. And I just feel like, man, just, I screwed up. And then I feel like I should be better or get better, or do more than what I am now for my kids. And um, then I feel guilty for that. Like, why should I even want to be, why should I have anything good? I've made so many problems. I've had so much dysfunction. And, um, you know, I, just, I don't want to leave that legacy. But I have trouble accepting that grace and, and the goodness of God that's, that's out there. And um, I have to think back and remember about um, him pulling me out of the miry clay and that darkness that I was in, and that escape I had to get into, and he set my feet on the rock, and he secures my steps. And While I don't want to, I'm not trending to leave a pattern of dysfunction for my kids anymore, or my family, and I'm becoming a better person in, com in the community and giving back, I'm still not where I want to be, and that's, that's what it's all about. And um, I'm thankful for this discipleship program, and I'm thankful for where God's taken me with this. And, and while I may not be who I want to be, I'm thankful that I'm not who I used to be. And I'm, I'm thankful for, for everybody here, and I'm, I'm just grateful. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. I am a very grateful child of God, celebrating recovery over depression, suicide attempts, adultery, drug abuse, and codependency. And my name's Amy. Amy. Um, so this week, I've been struggling with two major things, um, anger and guilt. Um, before I found recovery, before I surrendered my life to Christ, anger had control of me. Um, I was a, a thrower and a yeller, and it was not pretty. Um, so I've found myself lapsing into some of my old behaviors. I haven't thrown anything, um, but I have been yelling and I don't like that it it brings me back to a place of, of sickness when I was just not well and I've come to realize that my anger is about me trying to control things that I don't have any control over and it's about me not surrendering my will to Jesus Christ um, the step study that I completed recently has given me a road map for how to deal with that. So it hasn't been as bad as it could have been um, because I've been able to make amends. I've been able to ask for that forgiveness and I've been able to work really hard on forgiving myself and to turn things over to the control of Christ rather than me trying to control the uncontrollable. Um, for those of you in the room who have children, you know that uh, this week was report card week and um, so one of my boys is really struggling um, in school, and that brings me to a place of guilt where I start thinking back to when I was sick, really sick, and I couldn't be there for anyone. Um, I couldn't even be there for myself. And um, 
you know, that makes me think about, is he struggling now because of what I was going through then and how I couldn't be there for him and I couldn't help him. And I know that through my work here in Celebrate Recovery, I know that I have been forgiven. I know that God has forgiven me. I'm just still working on forgiving myself. And that is one of the hardest things that I'm struggling with. Um, earlier this morning, I picked up a blue chip for that because that's something I desperately need to continue to work on. God has given me victory over so many things, and I know that he can give me victory over this. Thank you for letting me share. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs and alcohol. I'm in long-term recovery and also with anger and abandonment issues. My name is Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, so just under seven years ago, I started attending this program and my immediate or urgent need that got me in the door was drugs and alcohol. I found out a few things as I continued to return to this program and receive and, and give to the others here. Uh, the first was that my addiction issues, my substance abuse issues, were really symptoms of the real problems. So once I started working on those things and I started being able to get some freedom and victory, at a certain moment I had this wait a second, I really don't have to live how I've been living. What I had accepted as normal really didn't have to be my normal. Real joy and real peace were available to me in my life. And so as I began to continue to work through some steps, a step study, build an accountability team and partners, get a sponsor, and those sort of things, I began to walk that road. Then the unexpected and wonderful blessing that occurred next was I got to participate in this unbelievable community of, uh, of family, uh, people that could walk beside me, that understood, that never judged a thing about what I had done or what I had been through. And for me, that was the community that I looked for in all of the wrong places for so many years. And I found it in such an unbelievable way through this program and through the work that the Lord has done in my life. Thanks for letting me share. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. My current struggles are anxiety, control, and perfection, and my name is Patty. I'm starting my second step study now, and before I did, I prayed long and hard about what God wanted me to work on and in this next step of my recovery. And um, he showed me that it really did Come, things really did come from my childhood. I thought I had a perfect childhood, and I really did, but um, I'm an only child. I was loved by a mother, a father, a grandmother who lived with us, um, cousins, and just lots of people. I just thought I was wonderful, and, but for some reason, I put upon myself a desire to earn that or to live up to that amount of love that they were pouring into me. So I became a perfectionist. And when I couldn't achieve perfection, the anxiety would take over. Uh, that stayed with me um, through my school time. I uh, was always, 
felt like I had to make the best grades. My parents never insisted on it. They never punished me if I didn't, you know, or wouldn't have. But I just felt like I had to always be the best. Um, I felt like when I went into my marriage that I had to be a perfect wife, which was not a possibility because I was married to an alcoholic, narcissist, abuser for 35 years. And I learned a lot of lies uh, that I brought with me out of that marriage 15 years ago. And Satan used those lies until I came here two years ago and started in Celebrate Recovery. I came to Celebrate Recovery. And I feel like God has healed me and has brought me out of that. And I just do celebrate that recovery and that victory. I no longer believe those lies. But this perfection issue just keeps me in bondage. Um, I felt like I had to be the best mom, the best, I'll be the best friend. Um, I have to be everything to everybody, and it's it's exhausting. Um, I began having chronic tension pain headaches when I was 22. I think partly because of the lack of being able to succeed at all in marriage and anxiety always followed failure and it was like a, a hamster on a wheel it just kept going and going and you know so for 50 years I've had these headaches and uh, back pain and I've tried everything under the sun to get rid of it and um, nothing prescription wise seemed to help thankfully I was never hooked on anything but um, I really feel like God is showing me that Perfection is not something that is to be stri striven for, you know, or strive for. I don't need to do that. I don't need to be the best friend and the best mother and the best of everything, that I just need to be myself, and I just need to surrender everything to Jesus and let him, who is the best and who is perfect, light my path and show me the way out of this. And I, I know God does not want me to continue to live this way. So I am claiming victory, and I'm claiming recovery. And uh, I'm excited about this part of my recovery and this next step. So thank you for letting me share. Thanks for sharing. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with anger. My name's Bob. Um, I struggle with anger all my life. Uh, both my parents had issues with anger, and I learned how to lash out from the best of them. Um, I'd like to argue with people with the idea that I'm right and you're wrong, and I need you to admit it no matter what the cost. <clears throat> I destroyed a lot of relationships because of my anger. Uh, I had no self-control. It was a huge factor in causing my divorce in my first marriage. When I finally admitted that I had a problem, I learned to say I'm sorry. But the damage my words and actions had caused cannot be undone. Someone pointed out to me that if you take a glass and you smash it on the ground and then say you're sorry to it, the glass remains broken. So for a long time, I took the approach of pick your battles well. But in marriage, I came to realize that that just doesn't work. In a battle, one side wins, the other loses, and in marriage, that results in everybody loses. 
I found that if I follow Jesus' way, being a peacemaker works the best. My struggle now is to take hold of my stinking thinking and keep my anger in check. The simplest things that don't go my way and I can become out of control and lash out. I become annoyed very easily and left unchecked. I can very quickly start revenge or great regretful words. I've seen that because of my anger, my wife is hesitant to engage in projects with me because I tend to get out of control very quickly. When I'm engaged in my anger, I can sometimes find myself talking to myself and what I'm doing is I'm justifying my anger because of what somebody else has said or what somebody has done. So someone's bad actions or poorly designed project products that I can't get together, uh, politicians, the kid across the street with the loud, annoying car, you know, all these really big issues, they can set me off pretty quick. I'm learning self-control. Recently, we went to a one-day seminar, uh, a learning seminar with a CR, and I was listening to a speaker that was talking about anger. The guy sitting in front of me accidentally spilled my coffee, and I instantly became very angry at him. I wanted to wring the guy's neck. And as I was thinking about how annoyed I was, I suddenly realized that I was no longer listening to the speaker, that my attention was in my anger with this guy. Now, it was my fault that I had set my cup down where it could be knocked over. What this clearly showed me was how easily I become angry and how quickly I can become out of control. I constantly have to say to myself, Bob, calm down. It's not important. Stop dwelling on something that's so very insignificant. I find that counting my blessings helps to stop being annoyed. I found that the more I take captive my thoughts, the more likely I am to be able to stop acting out my anger. I don't want to continue to have to repair relationships that I've damaged because I've allowed my anger to get out of control and say things that I later regret. I'm not perfect at this, but I'm making progress. Thanks for letting me share. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I came to celebrate recovery because of a divorce, depression, um, childhood sexual abuse, and my name is Michelle. Hi. Um, as I stated, I did come to celebrate recovery um, following a divorce. I had been a pastor's wife for 25 years, and I found myself, um, my husband walked out on me and my two boys, and I found myself very alone. Um, all my family on both sides, mom and dad's side, and they all live in Tampa, still do. And I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have anybody. Nobody could relate to me. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what to do. And my therapist told me, you need to get into CR. You need to get a group of community of believers around you that'll support you through this. And that's what I did. And I've, I've been in CR over five years now. And I have um, gained freedom over, um, an addiction to prescription pain medication that I had, and I have gained freedom over depression, and um, I got remarried last year in August, and I had been married for five months when I got a phone call on January 31st of this year that said, 
you have an advanced stage breast cancer. And um, it, was, it was really hard to accept that um, and to go through that. And I've gone through chemotherapy, I've gone through um, surgery, and I'm now on chemo pills because they're not sure that they got it all. And so right now my struggle is really fear and anxiety of the unknown of the future. I don't know what my future holds. I don't know how long I have. Um, I guess none of us really do, but when you know the C word comes into your body, it, it changes you, you're changed forever. And um, I'm not really concerned so much about myself. It's um, my two children, my two sons. I don't, my husband, I don't wanna leave my family and friends. And, you know, I just don't wanna, I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm ready to go. I wanna hold on to them. And it's hard for me daily sometimes. Um, when I get up and I can remember, and I, I get up and I'm happy and then I remember, you know, you have to do this, you have to take these pills and you, have, you still have cancer. And so it's been a struggle for me, but I can say that um, being a part of the CR community, being part of a forever family here, these are my family members and they have gotten me through it. Um, Jesus has taken me and walked with me through the divorce. He's walked with me um, through this, he's walking through me with this cancer and he's shown me to, you know, to look at people differently now. I don't, you know, I look at people as everyone has something that they're carrying, something, you know, that they may not be willing to share right with everybody, but everyone's hurting, everyone has been hurt, and um, we're all struggling in life together, but this is a very good community of, of um, family and friends that I have found. And um, I just, right now my struggle is with, with the fear of the unknown, but I know that um, my family here and God is going to see me through it. Thanks for letting me share. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and conclude. I want to thank you so much for sharing. Remember that who you see here and what you hear here stays here. Again, I, I want to thank everybody that, that shared here this morning. Um, because it, it took a lot of bravery. You know, we do it on Thursday nights uh, with, you know, the safety of anonymity and confidentiality. And, you know, we did it this morning with the hope that some of our story might relate to some of your story. That maybe you would see some of uh, what you're going through right now in what we've gone through or are going through. And know that we've got something for you every Thursday night at Celebrate Recovery. where. You can sit in one of these open share groups. Nobody's going to condemn you. Nobody's going to look down on you. Nobody's going to judge you. We're just going to be there for you. And, uh, you know, like Mark was talking about, it is a powerful, powerful sense of community, uh, a place where uh, I've gained a lot of freedom. So uh, we want to encourage you in that. And uh, we're going to conclude this portion of the service like we do on Thursday nights. Uh, and that's by praying the serenity prayer together. So we'd ask that everybody just stand with us. And uh, the prayer is going to be on the screen on either side. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus did, 
this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if you surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. Thank you. You can, uh, you can have a seat. Those guys are incredibly brave, are they not? Uh, to be able to stand up and share. But one of the, that's the, one of the powerful things about this church. Uh, it's, it's not just what we do on Thursday night. It's, it's, what we, it's the atmosphere that we want to create, even on a Sunday morning. When you walk in here, you know if you're in a safe place. You can be who you are. We're going to love you and accept you as you are. Uh, and we're going to love you too much as God loves us too much to let us stay where we are. Ha <laughs> ha! Did you get the last part? Miss you, love you, mean it. <clears throat> so as you probably already heard, this is Recovery Sunday, which probably means that there's somebody out there that was thinking, <laughs> I probably showed up on the wrong day, right? You probably thought, hey, because I'm not like one of those people. I'm not really struggling with an addiction. I don't have to worry about alcohol. I'm not into drugs. I don't do prescription drugs. I mean, I'm probably okay and if that's kind of been your view of Celebrate Recovery, then I just want you to know this. You've been absolutely wrong. Now, aren't you glad you came? First off, let me say this. Why are you wrong? Because you missed the understanding that we're all broken. Every single person in this place this morning is broken. In fact, Romans 3.23 says it like this. It says, for all have sinned. For all have sinned. The original language of the New Testament is Koine Greek, common Greek. You know what the word all means in the Greek? You're, you're smart people. All. So every single person in this place this morning, we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. So we are going to struggle with the consequences of our sin. We're going to struggle with our sin. In fact, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says it like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Here's the thing. We all generally struggle with sin as a whole. But then if we're really gut level honest, most of us would admit that we have a sin or two sins. Or who are we kidding? For some of us, we have a list of sins, maybe 10 or 15 or 20, that we struggle with. That sin that so easily entangles us. The one that we probably struggle with the most. And here's the thing. There are no exceptions. So if you've walked into here this morning thinking that this is probably not for you, that it's for somebody else, guess what? You're wrong because we all have our stories to tell about the sin that so easily entangles us. And you know what? It's bad enough that we struggle with our sin, but we also struggle with other people's sin, don't we? We hurt each other. We just do. At Springwell, we hurt each other. And it was hard to believe. You thought we were the perfect church. We're really, really close. Which is a lie. We hurt each other. In fact, I would say that you've probably been hurt the most in your life by the people that you love the most in your life. There's abuse. There's sexual abuse, there's verbal abuse, there's psychological abuse, there's emotional abuse, there's all these different ways that we find that we can, that we hurt each other. And then there are the circumstances of life. 
There's just doing life that brings hurt and pain into, into your life. There's, there's loss. There's death. There's death of the people that we love, the people that we've been close to, the people that we don't want to lose, and then that happens, and we don't know how to cope with life. There are health issues, as you heard this morning. Even of, of when, a, when a follower of Jesus hears that you have cancer, what do you do with that, and how do you navigate life? Life is hard, and there's issues that we have to deal with. We all struggle with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So the bottom line is that we're all in need of recovery. All of us are. Every single person in this room is in need of recovery. We believe that every church is a recovery church. We just admit it. And honestly, that makes some people uncomfortable. But that's okay. Somebody should be telling you the truth. So what we wanted to do this morning was give you a little bit of insight to one of our very intentional recovery programs, Celebrate Recovery. Uh, and I've never actually said it that way before. And I've thought about that. And, I've, and I wrote this, and I looked at it, and I thought, you know, this is like one of our recovery programs. Because I've never said it that way, but it's true. If you're in a growth group, you are in recovery. If you're in a discipleship group, you're in recovery. Guess what? We want you to be in a group that, that gathers around a Bible study to dig deep into the Word, where you begin to build relationships with other people so that you can be open and honest about your junk. That's, that's recovery. It's discipleship. That's what it is. So at CR, every Thursday night, we have a very humble group of people who meet to address their junk. We start at six with a meal for all the overeaters. If you don't have a junk, we'll find some junk for you. So, 7 o'clock we do a service, and believe it or not, the very same band that leads on Sunday morning also leads on Thursday night, and there's a reason for that. Because we think that people deserve the best that we have to offer. And then there's a lesson one week, followed by a testimony the next week, and you heard Kirby talked about that this morning. Why do we do a testimony? Because it's important that you do more than just hear a lesson taught, a principle of Scripture taught. You need to know that there are people that have found their freedom. They've found their joy. Again, that it works. Eight o'clock, we move into open share groups that you've seen demonstrated before you, and then we end up, we end every night with sweet time. Again, for all the overeaters, we just want to be a blessing. <laughs> Believe it or not, my goal for everybody is for you to sign up for a 12-step study. And it's where we as adults dig deep into the why behind our struggles. Some of us know that we have struggles. We just don't understand the why. And it's not just about finding the why, but it's being able to deal with the why. To move past the why. But it's more about uh, than about our adult hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We also have a place for your children and for your teenagers. Celebration Place is for uh, children, K-5 through 5th grade, and it's a Christ-centered curriculum that mirrors the lessons that are taught by our adults, to our adults. Uh, we refer to it as our pre-covery. I know, think about it. It's, it's really sweet, recovery, pre-covery. For those of you that aren't really into the recovery thing. 
So I just want to kind of give you a breakdown of just what we do with children. Actually, there are six parts of it. First is, uh, is free time. And the purpose of free time is, for, is to offer children an opportunity to build relationships. It's to kind of, you know, a transition from the business of the day into a day of, into a time uh, that they're ready for celebration plays. And then the second thing we do is worship because we think that it, worship is in, incredibly important. One of the things that we understand about Sunday morning is what we, we watch painfully sometimes is adults want to worship, but you don't know how, right? Like you want to raise your hand, but it's like they weigh 50 pounds apiece. And then you don't, you don't even know. So I'm, I'm raised Baptist. We don't do that in a Baptist church, Right? And so you don't really, you're not sure if you should raise your hands or exactly what you should do. What, it, what would it have been like if we'd started with children, helping them through worship to be able to connect with God? And then, of course, there's a teaching time that's, uh, that's where there are uh, recovery principles and biblical truths that are taught in a way for a child to understand. Celebration place, they just want to get to, it's, it's just an opportunity for us to partner with you as parents and teaching your children the principles of recovery. And then guess what? We walk you right into a small group. Small groups are uh, just, they're there for the purpose of allowing children to be able to express how they feel. To be able to talk about their junk. Could you imagine what that would have been like for most of us as men if we would have had someone to be able to teach us how to deal with the stuff that we struggle with inside it just reduces the feeling of isolation and loneliness, and you're the only one that's struggling. Small groups give these children a chance to be able to share prayer requests and to pray with and for each other. Wow, it sounds just like discipleship, doesn't it? Then there are centers. A center might be a game or an activity or a craft to help children experience a main point of the lesson. And, and we, we just try to keep it fun. One of the things when we started Springwell that we wanted to do and, and, I, and I guess I enjoy laughing. So every Sunday we laugh, don't we? Mostly y'all laugh at me, but we laugh, and it's okay. And so creating an atmosphere where people can laugh and have fun and experience Jesus all at the same time is incredible. And then believe it or not, there's an intentional closing where leaders try to reiterate the main points of the lesson and familiarizes children with a serenity prayer by reciting a version of it. But that's not all we do. We also have a place called the landing for your teenagers. Wow. Parents, how many of you would probably say the world is a scary place right now? I know parents of, t of children that go, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to know what to do to release my, my child when that child becomes a teenager into a scary world. Well, guess what? We want to provide a place, a safe place for teenagers. Junior high and high school age that mirrors the exact same material that we as a, adults experience to celebrate recovery curriculum. It's sweet. Did I mention that we do 12-step studies? Probably so. Of course I did because I believe in them so much. And just so you know, I've been through two 12-step studies myself. And why, you may ask? Because I'm broken. I'm just like you. I'm broken. I'm broken by the consequences of my own sin. I'm broken by the sins of others. And then there's just been life. It's just been tough. The difficulties of life, losing a dad at 10 years old and trying to navigate that and figure out how to do life as, as a young man. Just life. Why did I do two-step studies? Because I didn't get it all the first time. I'm a slow learner. 
Did I get it all the second time? Probably not. But what I've learned are the principles, those 12-step principles that keep me engaged in recovery that are just biblical principles. So I've had to dig deep to find healing in my life, but it's been worth the journey. So no matter what you struggle with, honestly, I think we have a place for you. We have a place for your children. We have a place for your broken and hurting teenagers to heal. It's, it's a place where they and you are going to be accepted and loved well. Is it perfect? Of course not, because we're not perfect. But let me tell you what we are. We're in the hunt. We're, we're in the game. We understand our brokenness, and our brokenness sometimes spills out and gets on to others, but we try to be honest about it, and we try to engage in conversations and provide accountability, not just accountability for you, but also accountability for us because nobody's perfect. We're trying. But in spite of all the things that we do, in spite of all the things that we provide, you have to be the one to step up to the plate and fight. Over the last two weeks, we've looked at this incredible story of David and Goliath. It's like the the ultimate underdog story. And you don't even have to be a church person to know the story of, of little David as he defeats the big giant Goliath. So Goliath, just so you know, he stood for 40 days and he taunted the army of Israel. In fact, according to 1 Samuel 17, verse 11, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Why were they dismayed and terrified? Because they faced a giant that perhaps was 9 foot 9, maybe he was 6 foot 9, the point of it is, is that these little men that they say, these little Israelite men, were probably somewhere in the neighborhood of five foot five inches. And this giant walks out every single day for 40 days in a row, and he taunts them. In fast verse 16 says, For 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening and took his stand. For 40 days. He talked about their mamas. He talked about their grandmas. He called them names. And it got worse with every passing day. But on day 41, everything changed. A little shepherd named David, his dad named Jesse, had sent him to the front lines to be able to take some food to his brothers. And he wanted to know how his sons were doing. And David heard Goliath as he taunted the army of Israel. And here's what he said to Saul. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Now, he was too young to even be in the army. He was too small to even be a soldier. Now, if the average height of a man was five foot five inches, how tall was little David? Does that mean that he was two foot tall? I don't know how tall he was. But what I know is that that day he stood with courage. He stood up to the plate and he defeated the giant. So what are you going to do about the giant that's standing in your life? What are you going to do about the giant that stands between you and your healing? What are you going to do about that obstacle that's keeping you from becoming the person that God has created for you to be? Are you ready to fight? On Thursday night, we end the service with the passing out of chips, and most chips are given based on the length of their sobriety. So we have a 30-day chip. I love it when Jay does it. I think Jay does the chips better than anybody else. I think it's 30 days in a row, right? 60 days, nights, and weekends. Come on, that's good right there. 
Y'all just aren't used to that kind of language, but it's pretty sweet. And so oftentimes, people will come down to get a 30-day chip. They'll get a 60-day chip. They'll get a, a six-month chip. They'll get a year chip. There are multiple years. I'm actually working on um, five years of sobriety for my particular issue. Yeah, this is funny. This is not a part of my notes or anything. But I thought this was funny. I, I was telling this story a few years ago to a lady. She thought it was from alcohol. She went on Facebook. <laughs> Told the world, I'm so proud, our pastor's in recovery for alcohol. <laughs> I told her, I said, you got that wrong. I, I'm in re but see, that's the way people think, right? You're in recovery, so it must be drug-related. It must be alcohol or drugs. That's not the case. I never told her. She was so apologetic. She said, I'll go back and take it off. I said, oh, I don't really care. <laughs> what difference does it make? Why do we have to be so judgmental of each other? We start off with the blue chip. We start off with the blue chip or, or the desire chip. Why? It's just that chip that says, it's when somebody steps out and comes forward and takes that chip and says, I'm ready. I, I just recognize that I'm not there yet. I recognize that I have an issue that I can't get past or I can't get over. I recognize that I've got to surrender this to Jesus, and I've got to find the beauty of doing life with some other people that can hold me accountable and walk with me through this. That's what it says. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Everybody's going to stand. Go ahead. I know. Aren't you, are you a little nervous right now? Don't, don't be nervous. You're in a safe place. The band's going to come and play. And here's what we're going to ask from you. Some of you here this morning, you were able to identify maybe with a story. Or maybe one of their stories got you thinking about your own stuff. And maybe this morning, you just feel that need. You know what? I've, enough's enough. Today needs to be the first day of my recovery. I just need to step out and come. Believe it or not, it was about five years ago on a Sunday morning. I asked Jesus about it. I said, can't we do this on a Thursday night with a smaller group of people? He said, no, we're going to do it on Sunday morning. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, okay. And obviously, like some of you feel right now, I said, I'm going to look like a fool in front of my whole church. I'm the pastor of this church, and I'm going to get a, get a blue chip, and everybody's going to want to know why. He said, you don't have to tell them. I said, okay. It's time to be open and honest about your stuff. That you're not perfect, but nobody around you is perfect either. But it's to say, you know what I mean, business. Today's the day. It's the first day of that journey. So as the band plays, we're going to give you the freedom to come as you, uh, as you feel led. There are people here with blue chips on hand that would just love to embrace you, love on you, and walk with you through this journey of healing. Darkest water and deepest pain. 
crazy to say a prayer to say thank you for the scars in my life but it is those scars and it's those moments of brokenness when you step into our lives and you do the thing that we can't do so God as hard as it is to go through those times God we do thank you for those scars because they always lead us to you. And as we talked about earlier, that through those times that you're always with us, you're always good. We may not see or know or feel that you're there, but you are. You never leave. 
thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.